The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Happy Monday. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. It is a divisional round for the ages and a game for the ages last night between the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. All the things that we've been hoping for, we got this past weekend in the NFL. I'm Craig Mish, along with Davis Maddock for the next two hours. We've got recaps of all the games. We'll hear from the key players involved in all of the games as well. Look ahead to what could be in the AFC and NFC Championship. Cover a little NBA as well. But Davis, uh, you know, what what a phenomenal ending it was to Divisional Weekend last night. I, th- I was probably wrong four times, five times in thinking who was going to win that game. The amount of points that were scored in the last two minutes of the game were just incredible. And, and you talk about a rivalry that I think is going to be renewed for a long period of time. I, I guess the only shame of it is that it had to end here. What, what, a, what a great game that was last night. Yeah, you know, it, it, uh, it was a shame. And I mean, I, I think we should all be mad at the Tennessee Titans and their, their fraudulent ways. Because if the Titans don't get the one seed, this, you know, we would have had the Bengals and the Titans dispatch. You know, the Bills and the Chiefs would have just beaten those teams in this round. And we would have had uh, Bills and Chiefs for, for all the marbles, you know, next weekend. But you're right. I mean, you know, thought that game was over a bunch of times. And it is, it's hard to overstate just how crazy the ending of that game was. So the the Chiefs score a touchdown in 52 seconds. Then the Bills score a touchdown in 49 seconds. The Chiefs get a field goal in 13 seconds. And then the uh, the eight-play 75-yard touchdown in overtime. Just a, a breathless sequence of events there. Yeah, it, it was, it, listen, one of the best, I've been watching this a long time, one of the best games I've ever seen for sure. Sort of reminds me uh, when when the Bills were on the other side of of the Houston Oilers at the time, where I believe they were down thirty one to three at the half and came back to win in the second half of the game. I remember that being the craziest NFL game that I have ever seen. This one definitely up there with the rest. Let's get to our headlines here on the show. Wild shootout in overtime. Kansas City will host yet another AFC Championship four in a row. Let's not lose sight of the Rams. What they did. They were up 27-3 on the Bucs. Bucs all the way, you know, came back, almost won that thing in the NFC Championship, and the Rams are going to host the San Francisco 49ers next Sunday. Jason Tatum, probably lost in the shuffle here, had 51 points as the Celtics dominate the Wizards, and Aoka Lee sets an NCAA women's record with 61 points in uh, in an upset win there in college basketball. So uh, congratulations there. You don't see that that very often in, in college basketball, men's or women's. Phenomenal game 
for sure. Uh, all right, so let's take a look here at the Chiefs and go through what Patrick Mahomes was thinking. The game was down to basically 13 seconds left. Mahomes needed to complete two passes to give Harrison Butker a chance to kick the game-tying field goal, and Mahomes said that there was never any doubt in his mind. That's the biggest thing on this team is we believe no matter what, offense, defense, special teams, that we can do the job in order to, to win the football game. Um, the first play we hit tra Travis, I mean, hit Tyreek, and he got up as much as he can, got down. And then at the play to Travis, I mean, it, it was kind of a thing where it, he wasn't necessarily supposed to do that, but after the timeout, we got to look at what the defense was doing. And he actually said it to me. He's like, hey, if they do it again, I'm going to take, take it right down the middle between both the guys guarding me. And um, he, he, uh, he went up the field, I gave him the ball, and he got in field goal range. What makes the ending so great, Davis, in, as we welcome in our radio audience here on Sports Grid Radio, Craig Mish and Davis Maddock, is that we have an opportunity, Davis, to talk about a game as opposed to drama, which feels like a lot of the discussion that we have in sports these days are players that are quitting or getting in trouble or free agency or something else. It's sort of rare to have a game where we can all look back and say, we all watched it, we all enjoyed it, and it was for the reasons of what happened on the field. Um, a lot of heat going Buffalo's way today, Davis, basically saying that McDermott with 13 seconds should have uh, squib kicked, which looks like that was the right outcome. People are complaining about overtime, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. But I guess people will always find something to complain about or be critical about. I mean, to me, it was just just an A-plus game from start to finish, and, and I got no blame at all on either side. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go that far. You know, I mean, it's one of my favorite things to do is Monday morning quarterback. But I, I also, um, you know, if we are going to criticize Sean McDermott for some of the decisions he made that were not good, we, we have to do the same thing to Andy Reid. And Andy Reid had two that stuck out as horrible. So the first one was, you know, um, kicking, uh, punting on fourth and four from their own 48 uh, you know, you have Patrick Mahomes, you probably should not punt that you should just get four yards because Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. And the other one, and this is going to be completely lost in the shuffle. It's third and one. They're on the five yard line. Andy Reid subs out Patrick Mahomes brings in Blake Bell and they run the speed option with Blake Bell and Jarek McKinnon. McKinnon doesn't get the first down, they kick a field goal. But, I mean, that was very close to ending the game, right? That they, they, If the Bills had taken, you know, just an extra tick off the clock, that was it. That field goal ends the game. So I, I don't want either of the coaches to, you know, get off scot-free. Yeah, I mean, look, in the end, obviously, um, you know, easy to say, you know, you know, squibbing the kick only gives Mahomes one play to get it done. Totally understandable, but... In the moment, so many things happening and, and not happening fast, happening at like rapid fire. I don't know. To me, it's just a very enjoyable ending to uh, one of the better football games we've seen in a long time. Speaking of which, fantasy ramifications from that game coming up next. We should spend some time talking about both sides, including Tyree Kill and Gabriel Davis. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
I'll be looking forward to the ratings of the second half of that game between Kansas City and Buffalo last night as this thing just had so many twists and turns down the stretch. Welcome back to Sports Grid. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Davis back here with you. Let's go through our fantasy standouts in, in this game, and there were a lot of them in this game last night between Kansas City and Buffalo. Patrick Mahomes, 33 of 34, 378 passing yards, I think 170 in like the last two minutes, if I'm not mistaken, 69 rushing yards too. Didn't realize that. Four touchdowns and one rushing. Tyreek Hill all over the place. Couldn't be stopped. 11 receptions, 150 yards, and a touchdown. Byron Pringle also had five receptions for 29 yards. And then some huge catches from Travis Kelsey, including the game winner in the end zone. Eight receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown for Travis Kelsey. And Mahomes talked about basically after the game, never forgetting the moment that he had in that win last night. It's actually funny. Uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, I was talking to Mike Rimmers because he was in the Minnesota Miracle and he, the, the final play, scoring the touchdown, winning the game at home. And he was talking about how awesome the environment was. And I was talking about how we had to play with Travis uh, in the Chargers where he scored, but we weren't at, Arrow, at Arrowhead. And so to be in this moment, this game against that team and to make a play to walk off a game at Arrowhead, uh, I'll, I'll remember this for the rest of my life. <clears throat> No doubt. And Buffalo Bills fans, unfortunately, will have to remember what happened at the end of that game. But uh, boy, Josh Allen, did he not prove who he is yesterday? Unbelievable performance from him. 27 of 37, 329 passing yards, another 68 on the ground and four touchdowns in this game. Devin Singletary, I, I I don't recall seeing any other running back in the game for Buffalo yesterday. He had 26 rushes, four receptions, 25 yards and scored a touchdown very early on. Of course, the story that has some fantasy implications for next year, no question. Gabriel Davis has emerged as a monster target for Allen, who he had eight catches, 201 yards, and four touchdowns in the NFL playoff record. Cole Beasley also had six receptions and 60 yards. No doubt you can imagine what a winning locker room looks like. I've, I have seen uh, a championship game in my lifetime where, uh, where the losing locker room is something that you never forget. And I'm guessing that went down yesterday for the Buffalo Bills and Sean McDermott, clearly uh, emotional after his team lost last night. The game come down to, you know, pretty much 13 seconds. Um, you know, I think they're all, they all feel the same way I do. We're all sick to our stomach and it hurts. We work really hard to get here, number one. And, um, I know the fans are disappointed, and uh, I wish I could take that off of them. You know, I wish I could take it, take it off of the team, right? And um, but we can't. And um, you know, what doesn't kill you should only make you stronger. And I think this should make us stronger. It's going to take some time, um, but it should make us stronger. Those two teams, Davis, Kansas City and Buffalo. I mean, look, Green Bay is good. Tampa Bay is good. Anything could have happened, by the way, in either of those games, giving Rodgers a win or Brady a win. We could be having a completely different conversation. But it's hard to argue that these are not the two best teams in the NFL right now. Um, I mean, I, I don't think Green Bay is very good. I, 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 I think that, uh, you know, I mean, could, could the 49ers have lost that game? Certainly. But look, you, you score 10 points at home in a playoff game as does uh, a number one seed and you get what you get. We'll, we'll be talking about that a little bit later. It does. Um, 
you know, th- this really only happens in football, Craig. Very rarely do you see this happen in basketball, hockey, um, you know, uh, baseball, where a series before the World Series feels like the championship is decided there because of the way it works, right? Single-game elimination, far different than a seven-game series. And also, the talent distribution just never works that way because in – I, I guess in basketball, sometimes it works that way where the two best players in the world yeah. might be in the same conference, and that can cause it to be that way. But Patrick Mahomes, you know, best quarterback in the NFL, certainly if, if MVP was just taken on talent, he would be he would win it every single year, very similar to kind of how LeBron is in the NBA. But Josh Allen, um, I, I think pretty clearly we can say Josh Allen is better than, you know, that veteran cadre of quarterbacks that has been around forever you know your your Brady's and your Stafford's and and stuff like that so you know big bright future for the Bills though I I would say and I hate to you know bring a a depressing air to the conversation but how many teams have we heard this said about you know don't worry you'll be back right I mean how literally over the course of time you know the, the Oklahoma I mean I'm very familiar with it with my Oklahoma City Thunder right they make the finals kind of before they're expected to in 2011 with Westbrook Harden and Durant they never make it back into the finals with those great players so certainly from a, a Bills fans perspective I mean it is just kind of one of those things where uh it, it just it's it's emotionally like it's crazy how sports can impact you this way. But emotionally, like, I, I, I know that it had the Chiefs lost that game, had, you know, Butker missed that field goal or whatever, I would be feeling down in the dumps this morning. I would not be a happy camper right now. Yeah, and unfortunately for longtime Bills fans, they remember losing those Super Bowls over and over again, Davis. I mean, I, I remember, you know, days where it was a very simple Super Bowl party where you'd go over your buddy's house, you know, there's no betting, there's no online, there's nothing like that. You're all filling out, you know, who's going to, you know, how many yards is Thurman Thomas going to have? You write it on a sheet of paper, put it in a hat, you put $2 in and somebody wins 10 in the end and you're all like pumped up. And and I remember doing this year after year with the Buffalo Bills and thinking, oh, there's going to be one of these years where they're going to end up winning the Super Bowl. And they just came up short so many times and then with 13 seconds left in this game, I was like, wow, it is happening. The Buffalo Bills are going to win. They're going to win the AFC Championship, and they're probably going to win the Super Bowl. I was like, wow. It's, and I was like feeling good for Buffalo for a minute. I was like, yeah, you guys are going to get it. But, man, tortured franchise there, you know? Not, not as bad as the Falcons probably, <laughs> but, but, it, but it feels, oh, gosh, it feels really rough. I mean, I, look, no offense to the Kansas City fan base, fantastic fan base as well. But they haven't. The Chiefs have not been tortured like the Bills have. That, I guess that's my point. Not not quite like the Bills, but they're a pretty tortured fan base. I mean, the so and also the difference is is that you know their baseball team has won a championship in in recent memory. Right, the Royals won the World Series in 2015. The baseball team used to be really good, so that's very different. But if you you know if you look at the the Kansas City Chiefs team encyclopedia. You, you see a lot of sadness. You see a lot of sadness in there, a lot of losses in the divisional round, a lot of years of not even coming close to the playoffs with, with awful head coaching. In fact, um, before Patrick Mahomes was there, the last time they made the conference championship was in 1993, and, uh, and before that, the last time they made the conference championship was in 1969. So 
different because the Bills had all those Super Bowl losses in a row, and that really does, you know, kind of bend the psyche of a fan base in a crazy way. But the Chiefs have had a lot of bad football and a lot of teams that were B-plus teams that could never quite get over the hump, which is, honestly, I would argue that's actually worse. I, I think that is way worse to, like, to, to, to be the B-plus team that never gets it done than to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, look, I understand. Look, under under Marty Schottenheimer, um, you know, they won a lot of games. I think they were fourteen and two, if I'm not mistaken, one year and lost in the uh, in the first round or whenever they played. Um, you know, Schottenheimer always got them to win the division, always got them in the playoffs, and I think he got fired even after a good season, if I'm not mistaken. He did. Um, so, yeah, so I understand. I understand, but yeah, I mean, look, getting to the Super Bowl, losing four times as a Buffalo Bills fan, that cannot be fun. And then having to endure yesterday also cannot be fun. I, I just don't find any silver lining with that. Fantasy-wise, the biggest silver lining, uh, uh, Davis, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show, uh, Gabriel Davis has to be somebody that we're going to be talking a whole lot more about. No offense to Stephon Diggs, but Davis came up so big in that game yesterday. All right, we'll continue our discussion and uh, build around some of the games this weekend as yet another game that went right down to the wire between the Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is this the end for Brady? We'll hit on that next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. Craig Mish, along with Davis Maddock, for the second year in a row. A team in the NFC is one win away from hosting the Super Bowl in their home stadium, something that never happened. I, I For about 50 years, I don't think that this happened. Now we're on the verge of it happening back in back-to-back back back seasons because the Los Angeles Rams went up on Tampa Bay 27-3, barely held on for the win against Tom Brady and company. Let's take a look at our fantasy standouts from the Rams yesterday. Matthew Stafford. 366 passing yards in his biggest moment as a pro. Three touchdowns, including one rushing. How Cooper Cup was so open in this game, I'll never know. Nine receptions, 183 yards and a touchdown. He smashed his prop of 99 and 100 and everything else. Odell Beckham Jr., six receptions, 69 yards and a touchdown. Kendall Blanton, first time ever heard his name was yesterday. Two receptions, 18 yards. He also scored a touchdown. And Matt Gay was short on one field goal, but kicked the rest. Uh, His longest was 40 in the game but clearly this game went right down to the wire because of mistakes that the rams made looks like they probably should have won this game by two or three touchdowns but because cam Akers fumbled at the end of the game it required the rams to end up kicking a field goal uh to win this one and sean mcveigh was asked about what he was feeling as the team was blowing it at the end of the game yeah i thought uh, i said this has got to be a dream jeff cena you know uh but 
our guys just kept battling. I mean, the defense, their response after the, a lot of the bad situations that the offense put our guys in, um, they just kept responding. And then, the, and then it found a way, okay, they ended up tying it up, and then the offense responds. And special teams comes back after an uncharacteristic missed field goal where we had a chance to go up 17 points. And, you know, it's, uh, that's why you play four quarters. It's a team game. I love this team. I love the way that they stay connected. They stay together. And certainly those are things that we have to clean up, Josina, as you move forward, um, you know, into the NFC Championship. But we'll take it, and uh, it's a lot easier to clean up after you find a way to get it done. Rams next week will host the San Francisco 49ers. We'll get to them coming up in our next segment. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers season comes to an end. Defending champs, no more. Tom Brady throws for 329 passing yards, 30 for 54, and most of these numbers were in the second half. One touchdown, one interception. Leonard Fournette returned and looked pretty good in his first game back, 51 rushing yards. The key number here, fantasy-wise, nine receptions for Fournette, 56 yards. And two touchdowns, another nice game for Mike Evans, eight for 119 and a touchdown. And Rob Gronkowski had four receptions and 85 yards in this game. Of course, Tom Brady was asked a lot of questions after this game ended, potentially about his being his final game. He did not address anything of the sort when it came to that. But he did say that essentially he's been in this spot before and it never feels good. It's one team one year and then it's never the same after that. And you you know, you got to work hard to put yourself in a position to be successful. And we certainly worked hard. And, uh, you know, every team at this point does. And every team is really qualified when you get to the to the final eight, then the final four, then the final two. And it doesn't feel good to lose any one of those games. And I've lost uh, each of those stages. So at the end, there's only one team that's going to be happy. Uh, it feels good to move on when you move on. And obviously when you don't. Uh, you know, whether it was last week or this week or next week or the week after, two weeks after that, if you're the loser in that game, it all, uh, it all sucks to lose in the end. Brady's comeback uh, almost complete again, Davis. I mean, this would have been one for the ages had the Buccaneers completed that one. But the Rams did deserve to win, no question. They just you know, were giving the game away in the end. Uh, and, and now going to host the NFC championship game there. You know, Stafford had a great game. Cup seems to be, I guess, just uncoverable at this point. I don't know what left there is to say. Uh, and and the Buccaneers are going to have to figure some things out in the offseason, that's for sure. They really are. Um, I, I would imagine Brady is going to be back again, right? Because uh, th- this is – I was thinking about this actually while that game was playing, and I was like, is Brady – more likely to go out after a loss in the divisional round or after winning a Super Bowl, right? Like, I feel like in Brady's ideal world, he wins another Super Bowl and he says, that's it. I, I, he, gets, he gets his final one. He does the thing. Um, you know, would probably win Super Bowl MVP and then says that's it. And, and, you know, of course, there would be part of him, you know, thinking like, oh, you know, did I, did I leave before I re- was ready? Could I have won another one? But I just, in, in, in knowing what I know about Tom Brady, which I guess is, is not more than what is publicly available, I would imagine that he would like to go out on top. And, and I think physically it looks like he can still do it. Things did kind of turn against the Buccaneers with Chris Godwin getting injured, Antonio Brown losing his mind, uh, Tristan Wirfs not playing in that game. Like there were there were lots of things that could have gone better for the Buccaneers. They were one of the healthiest teams in the NFL last year. They were one of the most banged up teams heading in to the playoffs this year. 
But you're right. I mean, they are going to have to figure some things out. They are going to owe Chris Godwin a lot of money if they want to keep him. Clearly, they are going to need to add a third wide receiver because when when the Buccaneers were at their best, it was with those three dynamic pass catchers in there instead of, you know, Tyler Johnson and Brashad Perryman and Cyril Grayson and stuff like that. So they're going to have to spend some money. The defense is good. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, what a, what a disappointing loss. And my big thing from this game was it should not have been close. Even with the second half flurry from the Buccaneers, should not have been close. Sean McVay called this second half like a coward. I mean, like a, like a high school football coach who had never been there before. Just run, run, pass. You know, the defense, they pretty much kept a safety over the top of Cooper Cup until that final drive. Like, it, like I, I am embarrassed for, for Sean McVay because, you know, McVay is considered one of these analytics coaches or whatever. But he just, he just turtles up with leads. I mean, it is really embarrassing stuff from him in the second half of these games. They, like, the Rams literally should have had 40 points. I was really surprised at that as well because there's track record for Brady being down to the Falcons in the Super Bowl, and and they were literally running the ball, running the clock down to one, run the ball, run the clock down to one. I, I was surprised that they didn't just go with what was working throughout. Now, uh, to be clear, here is sort of what's happening now. Uh, you know, as as a player in the NFL, once you do the podium. I think that these are still the rules. Once you do the podium after the game in a loss that ends your season, I, Davis, I don't think that you're obligated the next day to come back and speak again. You are at some point, I think, before uh, it all ends the media availability, but the Buccaneers and other teams, they get, they get to basically choose who they give you the day after. So today, uh, Rob Gronkowski spoke to the media and said, that anything's on the table, Uh, Brady coming back, sure, him coming back, sure, without Brady, would he come back? He said, yeah, I guess, you never know. So we're going to still have to wait on that. Bruce Arians also a short time ago said that the Bucs are going to plan a contingency plan right now just in case uh, Brady decides that this is it. If I'm not mistaken, I think a couple of years ago, Davis, I think Brady was asked – as to whether or not he would do a retirement before the season and then play it out. And I think he was okay with that. I don't, I think Rogers was the one that said he never wanted to do. He just wanted to walk away and be done. But maybe what we're in store for possibly is one of these deals where retirement uh, tour. He come. Yeah. I could see it with him. I could see it with him where he says, this is going to be my final year playing in the NFL plays his final year with Tampa. Gronk plays his final year too. Um, you know, we've thought this many times before, obviously, but I get the sense that's what's coming. At least that's, that's I mean, sort of my opinion. Brady loves the attention. Let's be honest. Like some of the guys really like the attention. Some of them don't. Uh, for example, I think Aaron Rodgers, after that loss to the 49ers, my guess is his time in the public eye is going to be dramatically limited for for the next couple months. I don't I don't think Rodgers is going to be doing um, a ton of interviews. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him on the McAfee show this True. week, uh, yeah. given the given the 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 uh, the temperature of the conversation around Aaron. I did not see very many people uh, shedding a tear for for MVP Aaron no. Rodgers. I think a lot of people were very happy to see him lose in uh, ignominious fashion there. But Brady, Brady doesn't get any of that. I mean, who criticizes Tom Brady? I don't even really like Tom Brady, like as a person. 
but his his record is so unassailable. Like, you know, like he lost a game yesterday. Let's be honest, Craig. He played bad. I mean, yes, he's missing Chris Godwin. Yes, he's missing Antonio Brown. But Tom Brady did not play well. He threw the ball, what was it, 55 times for 320 yards. Like, that is a that is a Matt Leinart-esque. That is Jimmy Garoppolo when Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing well. Like, that, that was a bad game by Tom Brady. And, and he's not really getting that much criticism levied on him. So I think when you are kind of one of those guys that is is all and and we saw this with Breeze too. Like no one criticized Drew Breeze. Even when Breeze was at the end and his arm barely worked, no one is like, oh yeah, like no one is burying Drew Breeze the way that Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh got buried. So I, I think you're right. I think we are setting up for a Brady Gronk retirement tour next year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, it feels like it. And I think the other point that you made is is something that I'm actually surprised about, but it is really valid, which is uh, when when Godwin went down, I, I think that we were just all under the assumption that because it was Brady, we were going to find another Welker and another Edelman and another, I don't know, yep. one of the receivers for, you know, like Grayson. Like I was like, oh, this is going to be a great story. He's going to come in and he's going to catch eight balls for 100 yards. And then Tyler Johnson's going to do it. And then they're going to have all these guys in the Super Bowl. We're going to be doing prop bets with all these Buccaneer receivers we don't know. And that didn't happen. So I think that is definitely something that they're going to have to address uh, in the offseason because none of those guys, including the other one you mentioned in uh, Perryman, also did not come through in the ways they did. Scotty Miller, I thought, maybe a little bit. But, uh, yeah, the Bucks are going to have to do that if they decide that Godwin is gone. Uh, they could bring everybody back again for another season like they did last year. We just don't know. All right, well, with that, we'll take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports Today. Coming up next, the other hot topic of the weekend, of course, the Green Bay Packers go up 7 to nothing in the first five minutes of their game against the San Francisco 49ers. Some people may have tuned out and said, oh, this is going to be a blowout. Well, staying tuned with the way to go in this one. We'll be right back. Great, great. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. For many years in the NFL, didn't have to have a great quarterback to win a Super Bowl. In fact, I remember for many years it was always anonymous players. Brad Johnson, Trent Dilfer comes to mind. Are we on the doorstep here of Jimmy Garoppolo winning a Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers? He is one game away from it. As we take a look at our fantasy standouts, he's doing a disservice even to list him here. He did absolutely nothing in this game on Saturday against the Green Bay Packers. 11 of 19, I think those eight incompletions, seven could have been picked. My gosh, 131 passing yards and interception. Elijah Mitchell, 53 rushing yards, three receptions, 18 yards. Debo Samuel had the biggest rush of the game at the end of the game for the 49ers. He was sort of kept in check a little bit in this one, but he looked fantastic on the field. Let's get real. Uh, George Kittle, four receptions, 63 yards. And uh, Robbie Gold ends up being the hero with the walk-off field goal as uh, they shock the Green Bay Packers. And the uh, San Francisco defense scores a touchdown to shock 
the Green Bay Packers on special teams. Uh, but what has gone right for the 49ers? It certainly has not been their offense. It's been their defense. And uh, this is the same team that gave up four touchdowns to Colt McCoy under defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans. And Kyle Shanahan was asked, what is going on with D'Amico Ryans' defense at the moment? started trying harder, working harder. <laughs> he just kept sticking with it, man. Uh, guys, I, I w- like we got some good players. D'Amico's an unbelievable coach. The whole staff is stuck together. Um, they never stop working. Our guys never stop grinding. And um, it comes down to one game that could have gone either way. So that's why you always stay humble as a player, as a coach, and everyone in this profession. Um, but, I mean, our, D- D'Amico's been amazing all year. Um, and so is our D. And uh, you get better or worse. You never stay the same. And um, those guys have been getting better. 49ers defense, no doubt, carrying them to this point. Can they do it one more week? How about two more weeks and win a Super Bowl? Who knows? Their defense playing out of this world. Uh, definitely held Aaron Rodgers back in that game on Saturday. Rodgers uh, was 20 of 29 for 225 passing yards and not much else. Aaron Jones, 41 rushing yards. He did his damage on receptions. And Rodgers did find Jones late in the game for a really nice long reception. Nine for 129. A.J. Dillon scored a touchdown on 25 rushing yards. And Devontae Adams, who's also now a free agent, he had nine receptions for 90 yards in this game. But, of course, all the focus right now clearly on the future of Aaron Rodgers, and he was asked what his future is. Where did future stand? I mean, I did not think we'd be talking about this after this game, but, right. uh, you know, I'm going to take some time and, and uh, have conversations with the folks around here and then take some time away and make a decision. Um, obviously before free agency or anything kind of gets going on that front, but you know, it's, uh, it's fresh right now. It's, it's, you know, a little shocking for sure. Definitely haven't, you know, was hoping to have, you know, nice week after the NFC championship to enjoy the lead up and, and then start contemplating some things. So I haven't even, haven't even uh, let the moment really sink in yet. Aaron Rodgers taking uh, probably the biggest social media beating in the history of the NFL after that game on Saturday. I, I think everybody got in on the action, uh, you especially, Davis, more than anybody else after that. After that oh, um, I was loving so, it, man. I was loving it. Yeah. Dunking, dunking on Aaron Rodgers was that, like, you know what, Craig? That night to me, it felt like. Um, you know, the night that we found uh, Ma- Ma- that Monte Teo's girlfriend was was not real, that it was a catfish. Like, it, it felt like one of those, like, legendary nights on social media. And you are right. I was having a, I was having a grand old time there, taking some, some dunks on Aaron Rodgers. All right. So uh, let, let's do San Francisco, and then we'll get to Green Bay real quick. Uh, it, it's been all defense, Davis. I don't know what else there is to say. Yeah, I mean, they have some nice offensive pieces. But the 49ers are not going to try and fix what isn't broken. I don't, I don't really understand how this defense all of a sudden has been so amazing. I remember games during the season where they couldn't stop anybody, but they're on the doorstep and, and they've dominated the Rams. So I guess why not? Yeah, the uh, the last offensive touchdown that the 49ers scored was a Debo Samuel 26-yard rush against the Dallas Cowboys. They have um, They have zero passing touchdowns in the playoffs through two games and uh, Debo Samuel got banged up in, in their, uh, their final game. So I, I am, I am not bullish on the 49ers heading into this game against the Rams. I think they have a tough road to hoe, but 
you know, if uh, if the Rams are only able to score 13 points or whatever and Stafford is limited and if they actually cover Cooper Cup, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, I guess so. And as far as the Packers are concerned, this is basically, essentially looks like Davis, it's all in or all out, I would guess. Either they come back and do this all again with Rodgers, with Adams, with, uh, with Jones and Dylan. But if they don't, then, I mean, potentially you're, you're squaring up here as the Packers as maybe the worst team in the NFL, I would suppose, without those guys. I, I, I can't imagine them. Put it this way. I view them as like a Houston going into next year, if they go that route. Oh, I mean, if it's, it, you know, Jordan Love and Equinemius St. Brown and Amari Rodgers and stuff for the Green Bay Packers, I think you're right. Because um, especially because of what we saw from Jordan Love in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs, which, which was that, you know, he's been in the NFL for a year and a half. He's had a chance to, to learn under Aaron Rodgers, and they basically treated him like an undrafted free agent when he came in. Like, that was an undrafted free agent's game plan. So, I and, and they, are, uh, they are in the worst cap situation I have ever seen. Like, every single player they have is either expiring or owed, like, an ungodly amount of money. They, like, if, if they wanted to bring this team back, they'd be, like, $50 million over the cap. It's like, it's like unbelievable how screwed they are. By, by the way, they keep saying trading Aaron Rodgers is a possibility. I thought he was a free agent at the end of the season. I thought he redid his deal to be a free agent. I guess I totally missed something there. Well, I think it works the same way that it does in the NBA where you have like the you can trade like the rights to the guy or like the rights mm -hmm. to negotiate with the guy. Now don't uh so actually he has an option next year. I'm seeing I'm looking at his stuff on Spotrack right now and it looks like they do he is not truly unrestricted until 2024. So I think it's sort of like a he can leave, I think. I think, like, either party can opt out. But basically, you're trading the rights to Aaron Rodgers. Gotcha. Well, coming days definitely will have uh, updates on that. It seems like Rodgers, if he's being real there, is, is going to basically let everybody know in the month of February because free agency is going to start, and so will the draft and all that. All right, uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, are also off to the AFC Championship. Who had that at the beginning of the season? As they go into Tennessee, and despite Joe Burrow being sacked, I believe it was nine or ten times, they end up winning. Uh, Burrow, 28 of 37, 348 yards, five rushing yards, one interception. Joe Mixon, over 100 total yards, including six receptions and a score. Jamar Chase, five for 109, and T. Higgins got back involved in the action, seven for 96. Very clearly the MVP of this game. Say what you want. It was definitely this kid, Evan McPherson, who is just rock solid kicking field goals. If he's not the second best kicker in the NFL, he's the third, that's for sure. 4-4, four four, extra point, 54-yard field goal, walk-off to finish it. And uh, the day after the game, the Bengals made some of their players available. One of them was their tight end, C.J. Uzama, who was asked about his specific name that he has for Joe Burrow. Uh, it hit me to say it is us after Franchise said he was tired of hearing like the why not us. It makes us sound like we're the underdogs and we're not, you know, we, we, in our heart of hearts, we believe we're the best team in this league. And, um, you know, kind of having that why not us thing, it's kind of like we're, we're being passive and we're being shy. And um, after he said that, I was like, all right, dope. Like from why not, uh, why not us to it is us that just, that it makes more sense. Thank you. Do people casually, do you all casually call Joe franchise? I do. I think everyone else calls him 
Joe or uh, I think most people just I I called him French on accident after like like after halftime and I was like what that what what that's not a name like I I don't I don't need to do that um but he responded and looked at me so it worked um yeah I don't know I just call him franchise now. CJ Uzama is uh, won the Good Guy Award for media for the Cincinnati Bengals this season. One of the more likable guys in the uh, in the NFL. All right, uh, Tennessee Titans. Speaking of unlikable, my gosh, another rough one for them yesterday. Another season-ending one that was rough for Ryan Tannehill, who clearly, he, when you when you pointed to the reason why they lost this game, unfortunately for Tannehill, it was probably the reason. Three critical interceptions for him, and he threw for 220 yards and a touchdown. Derrick Henry returned. Didn't look all like Derrick Henry, I don't think, but good enough to win the game. 62 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Brown was open quite a bit. Five for 142 in a score. And the future of Julio Jones, definitely cloudy at this point. But he did finish his season strong. Six receptions and 62 yards. A very unhappy head coach, Mike Rabel, talked about the Titans' season ending. I mean, it's the same thing you always say. Some 31 teams are going to be pissed off. You, know, you don't show up to the stadium planning um, post-game conversations with your team uh, about losing and about having the finality of the season and about when you're going to meet and, and all those things. So, you know, it's disappointing because I know that they fight and they compete. And, uh, and I know that whoever, whoever does that again next year for us will do the same thing. Two years in a row, home game in the playoffs good setting and you don't get quarterback play that that's required to win a game what did you think of what ryan did well i don't think ryan or myself or anybody did enough to win the game that's how it goes paul um it's never going to be about one person not as long as i'm the head coach um which will be a while um so it'll never be about one person we have to play better have to get open not fall down Defense got to get some turnovers, but we can't turn the ball over. We know that. We can't get stopped on down. So those are all the things that we, we talk about and reasons why you lose. On you know, Our third down conversion wasn't good enough. Um, our ability to score touchdowns in the red zone. But we all have to play better. We have to coach better. We'll have months to dissect Tennessee. So let's do Cincinnati here, Davis. Do they stand a chance in Kansas City? on Sunday with Joe Burrow, with the kicker, with all of these great stories that they have, do they stand a chance to win? I know that they played them very, very well the last time yeah, out. And everyone they beat the Chiefs three weeks ago. Of course they right. stand a so, chance. But yeah. I don't buy it. Like, of course they stand a chance. Of course, if I'm going to be rational, I'm going to be like, yeah, you know, they win this game 30% of the time or whatever. But then on the other hand, I go, you're coming into Arrowhead. Andy Reid pulling out all the stops. They're doing, you know, all the crazy short yardage stuff they do. You know, they're, I don't think, I, I hope that they will have learned from their lesson of punting on fourth down too often last week. Like, it, it just feels like um, it's too early on Joe Burrow's evolutionary journey to make the Super Bowl. Like, he, you got to have a couple heartbreaking losses before you before you make the big dance, right? That that's the way it goes, right? I, Mahomes did it. Mahomes win it. Mahomes lost against the Patriots. You got it. You got it. You got to take your medicine at least once. We'll see. That sets up for a nice game on Sunday as well. We, we will take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports today. Uh, we got the end of the hour here. Uh, Davis is off tomorrow, so he's not going to have a chance to weigh in on the uh, Hall of Fame 
the Baseball Hall of Fame. So we're going to get Davis's Hall of Fame picks real quick. Then we'll get back to some football discussion in the second hour of the show. So stay on the grid. This is Fantasy Sports Today right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. And also on the way, we'll tell you a little bit more about how you can follow us on social media. So stay on the grid for that. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You can follow us on Twitter, on social media, at SportsGrid and at SportsGridTV for the latest news, notes, information, picks against the spread, fantasy content from our 18 hours of live coverage, including our trip, our upcoming trip, to the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. So we should be providing some fun stuff for you there on social media. That's at SportsGrid and at SportsGridTV. I didn't get that Super Bowl invitation, so I'll be doing the shows here from uh, sunny South Florida. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nod, nod. Maybe next time, guys. Uh, and girls. Uh, all right. So, Davis, tomorrow you're going to be out. I, I know you deserve a day off, so we won't hold that against you for sure. Uh, but you don't get to weigh in on the Hall of Fame until Wednesday. So uh, who are you, who are your, who's your Hall of Famers for 2022? So I took a, a quick look at the ballot, and these are the guys um, that for sure I think deserve to be in. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Andrew Jones, Sammy Sosa, Manny Ramirez, and David Ortiz. Now, obviously, the uh, the first thing you notice is a bunch of steroid guys on there. Craig, I don't I don't care at all, right? Just for me, don't care. Doesn't matter. Uh, Barry Bonds is is the greatest hitter ever, probably. I think. I mean, I, I maybe maybe someone would argue another way, but he was. If you go look at his numbers, it, it's absolutely unbelievable. And then my other thing is that the Hall of Fame is like it's a museum, right? It is a museum of the sport. And I don't think you can tell the story of baseball, specifically in the nineties and the early two thousands without these guys. And Sosa is on the borderline, but the Sosa versus McGuire thing, it was such a thing. It was a thing people cared about with baseball. And so I think that those guys deserve to be in. Uh, uh, we're going to touch more on it tomorrow. There There's some pieces of what you said that I agree with. And there are some, that I disagree with. The agreement part is on Bonds and Clemens. Uh, the disagreement part is just blanket putting every one of these guys in. You you would feel differently and you, you would have a different conversation if you were face-to-face with somebody who's not in the Hall of Fame, who could have been in the Hall of Fame had they taken steroids. And when that happens to, to you, like it happened to me, it's, it, it's a different conversation at that moment. But we'll hit on that tomorrow. Headlines are next. Great, great. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.